welcome once again to the Chapter 49 podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer and a retiree for Chapter 49. Chapter 49 represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. So we we're very happy that you joined us. We have both an audio and a video podcast. You might be, uh, you may be uh, using either platform to uh, watch or listen. If you want to listen, it's very easy to find one of our podcasts. Go to just about any platform or on most platforms where there are podcasts. Uh, just uh, search podcasts by Larry Lannon, L-A-N-N-A-N. You'll see all the podcasts I produce. The Chapter 49 prod- uh, podcast is part of that. If you would like to go to YouTube, you can find our podcast there. Just search for Duncan Giles. There's more than one, but you'll find the one that has the Chapter 49 podcasts. And you'll find uh, that we've been doing that for several months now. You'll find all of our video podcasts since we started that uh, project and speaking of projects, Junk uh, Duncan and I are now more than a year and a half into our project called the Chapter Forty Nine Podcast, and I welcome Duncan Giles back to the podcast. You know, Duncan, I do want to say one thing. Uh, last time we did a podcast, I was a little pressed for time, didn't have a chance to set up my uh, video. Not that I can make myself look any much better, but uh, the lighting was such a mess. I sort of looked like a uh, a villain in a 1950s horror film. <laughs> so I've tried to improve it some. I'm not sure I improved it much, but uh, hopefully we did a little better job this time. I, I think the lighting is better. And I do want to add a proviso when you're talking about, you know, you can watch the, uh, you know, the podcast or listen to the podcast. If you're both watching and listening to the podcast, I would suggest getting uh, some help immediately. <laughs> if you're doing both of those. <laughs> if you're doing both of them, yeah, the, you, you're you're you you're like you have way too much time on your hands. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get down to business. And you know, we're still far away from just saying everything's fine. We'll see you next week because we have plenty of issues to deal with. And this is like yeah. a broken record. I mean, how many years? I was I started working for the federal government in 1983, and I've lost. Of course, I've been retired for 10 years, but I've lost count of how many government shutdowns there have been. Our continuing resolution ends on Friday of this week. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, It looked like for a while there would be another continuing resolution into January to allow the Congress to finally get on the same page about government budgets. Well, guess what? We have something called a vaccine mandate, which is creating a a political kerfuffle, if you will. So there are some people in Congress who want to make a stand and demanding that vaccine mandates be taken off the table as part of any continuing resolution. That has gummed up the works where we thought everything was going to be fine. All of a sudden, it's not fine. And, you know, Duncan, this is what happens. Sometimes uh, continuing resolutions or actual budget uh, agreements happen usually very quickly when they do happen, and they just all, all of a sudden the agreement is there. We thought we had an agreement at least for more con- uh, time on a continuing resolution, and guess what? We've got an issue to gum up the works. So um, tell me your view. What do you think about all these developments that we're seeing? Yeah, it's an absolute shocker that something's coming up the works, isn't it? It's it's just never happened before. Um, I'm, you know, I was like you saying, okay, they're going to kick the can down the road probably to January. There have been some in Congress who wanted to do a 
full year continuing resolution or several months because they haven't gotten enough time to get together to, you know, talk about the appropriations and pass them, which just makes me want to pound my head against the wall uh, when I hear things like that. But now it does look like, and I do truly believe we will have a shutdown. Um, the reason being is, is I think we will get a continuing resolution that'll go till January that'll pass the house narrowly. This is my prediction and it'll go to the Senate and in the Senate, in these types of circumstances, one Senator, one Senator can block it. And I'm betting there'll be at least one that will block it for, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not even going to go into that because it'll start making me use words that I shouldn't use on a podcast that might be viewed by children. Why they'd want to watch this, I don't know, but you never know. Just so you know, we're not uh, governed by the FCC, but we do try yeah. to keep, we do try to keep this a, a family <laughs> podcast. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I think it would be a. I'm hoping it'll just be a short podcast that someone will use this just to make a point, um, and that we would have a continuing resolution passed. Uh, that we would be reopened by Monday. I would anticipate being shut down over the weekend. Hopefully it's not longer. I would urge everyone to, you know, watch the news. Our Facebook page at uh, NTU Chapter 49, Indiana, will have the most updated information. We'll get stuff out there as soon as we can. But I think that there is a real danger of at least a very short shutdown. And that drives me crazy. Well, and the thing is, in Indiana, we don't have many people working on a weekend, maybe a few. But like a campus, there are usually people working on the weekends, and there are some people throughout the country at IRS who are working on a weekend. They will be impacted by this. Absolutely. And, you know, some of our folks that do, I know, do view this podcast that don't work for the IRS, such as, uh, you know, a lot of my good friends at uh, Customs and Border Protection. Those folks work, you know, the, you know, every day. So this could impact something like them where they could be called accepted employees and be called into work, regardless of whether they're going to get paid on time or not. Um, and, you know, this, if it is a long, if it is a long shutdown, it can absolutely have a devastating effect uh, because we have so many people that live paycheck to paycheck. And I, abhor politicians who play games with people's paychecks. And I just hope that doesn't happen. One thing that uh, people need to be aware of, and there's been some publicity uh, on some of these federal employee websites that uh, specialize in news about the federal government. There was a law passed a while back about shutdowns, but I do want to make clear something, and you sort of alluded to this. When there's a shutdown, there's no authority to pay people. However, there is a new law that does now, for the first time, guarantee back pay after a shutdown ends. But it doesn't help you during the shutdown. Just want to make that clear to people. Exactly so. I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head. It's, it's tough to tell, you know, your mortgage company, you know, we'll, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday if you'll let me slide on the mortgage payment today. Um, because, yeah, we will get paid eventually, but it just depends on how long the shutdown goes as to how long uh, folks are without a paycheck. And I don't want to have to put anybody through that. So I would urge everyone uh, on their own time and not on a government computer to go to the NTU website 
uh, it's very easy to click the link there and urge your representatives and your senators to, you know, pass at least a continuing resolution. At the very least, pass a continuing resolution. We need our budget passed, but at this point, that's down the road. We need a continuing resolution passed ASAP so your pay is not interrupted. You know, and, and we're going to talk about vaccine mandates a little later in the podcast, but uh, there's all, vaccine mandates are not just in the federal government. They're out in the private sector being battled out in the courts right now, and judges are making various opinions, so we'll, uh, issuing various rulings, so we'll, that'll have to be settled over time. But uh, I've seen a lot of political footballs, hot potatoes, get uh, mixed in with, with the government funding, be it continuing resolution or a final budget. And now vaccine mandates have been the latest one. It's just sad to see that people are playing games with our budgets, our ability to serve the public and and do what we need to do in public service because there's a disagreement about a vaccine mandate. Yeah, I'm one of those. I don't really like the mandate. You know, I think that folks should get vaccinated. Absolutely. Um, But a mandate is not my favorite way to go about doing it. I understand why it was done. Uh, I understand why the administration is doing what they're doing, but it's not my favorite. But to tie in things like the, uh, you know, federal government funding uh, for the entire government because of these or the debt ceiling because of these is just not the place to do it. It absolutely is. Well, let's go to the debt ceiling because uh, it has, I won't say the same effect, it has a debilitating effect on the government's ability to do business and, quite frankly, has a debilitating impact on the entire economy. It's interesting that there were certain politicians pounding their chests and their fists on the table saying, we're never going to vote for a debt ceiling increase. What I am finding is that many of them are changing their tunes because the commercial interests in their states and districts and the banks from their states and districts are telling them that they will never forgive them if they allow the debt ceiling not to be raised because this will have an an amazing impact in a bad way uh, for the American economy. Yet again, you know, there are people in Washington playing games with this. Uh, We've talked extensively about the debt ceiling, about the fact that really shouldn't even be there. And no country, anything like ours, has a debt ceiling. This was put in during World War II to bring some people over to to vote for the funding. I'm sorry, World War I, to to, uh, pass the funding for World War I. And it's never been taken off the books. It really doesn't have a legitimate reason to be there. But it is there, and it does have an impact. So... um, the debt ceiling what what are the prospects that you're seeing on this yeah that's one of those things that according to uh, treasury secretary yellen she's looking at a date of around december the 15th where the u.s will reach its debt ceiling and not able to pay its fair obligations which as you alluded to would cause massive market crashes not just in the u.s but i believe worldwide because of the fact that Okay, this is basically saying the U.S. can't pay its debts, and this would impact things like paying federal employees on time. So there's huge issues around this. There shouldn't be. This is to pay for obligations that have already been passed and, you know, signed into law and are out there. 
this is not for new spending. This is for what our obligations already are, be it current administration or past administrations. So it needs to be passed. The debt ceiling needs to be raised. It's just one of those things. We shouldn't have it, but we do. But it should not be. It, it has been um, a political football for both sides, and it should not be. Absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about that in the past, how both Republican and Democratic politicians have used this, and it just needs to end. In fact, if, if it was up to me, we would just do away with the debt ceiling at all in, in every way. There's no reason to have that anymore. All we're doing is, is, is giving our own government the ability to pay the bills that's already incurred in past budgets. So uh, how, you know, this, this is, it's insanity, but it's still there. And and uh, we will watch this. This can have an impact on the government because, as we've said before, and I was in management when we thought the debt ceiling was going to, to, to be reached at a certain point. And, and uh, what surprised me as a manager is just the chaos within the management community itself because there was a, a genuine question as to what bills you could pay and which ones you couldn't. So it would it would be massive confusion and and just uh, a bad uh, situation for everyone if that happens. There's no win with a debt ceiling default. Yeah, that's, absolutely not. And then when when you have once you have a default, it's on the record that that impacts your economy going forward. It's something you can't. Yep. It's like a blemish you can't take off of your record as a nation. Well, Duckett, we have talked extensively about vaccine mandates. It didn't lead our podcast because we have these other crushing uh, things going on, just being able to stay at work with the debt ceiling and, and the continuing resolution to fund the government. We have been talking for weeks about the vaccine mandate issued by President Biden for federal employees in the executive branch. I do want to make one clarification for people. I've heard a lot of talk about, well, why is it? that the Postal Service doesn't have the same rules we have? Why is it that Federal Communications Commission or other parts of government don't have the same rules we have? Well, let me tell you, there are different ways government entities are governed. For example, the Postal Service, their decisions are made by an independent board. Now, the president and others appoint members to that board, but the board makes the decision. But if you're an executive branch agency, meaning the president, Treasury Department, IRS, which is our line of command, you, you, it's traced right back to the president. The president makes our decisions for us on these major issues like vaccine mandates. So the Postal Service, uh, the president uh, cannot order the Postal Service excuse me, to have a vaccine mandate. So there are some differences. Federal Communications Commission is a very small agency represented by NTEU. But those decisions are made by the commission, the members of which were appointed by Congress to the president for specific terms. I'm saying all this because uh, we've been talking about what the presidential executive order was saying. The deadlines have come and gone in many cases. We were waiting on some more. But we've had a last-minute change since you and I have last talked about the vaccine mandate. So let's let's get the latest, Duncan. Yeah, basically what has come out, uh, the guidance from the Office of Management and Budget and OPM, um, is that they want to slow down the punishment, so to speak, for folks who have not been fully vaccinated. Um, the deadline to be fully vaccinated was November 22nd. 
And if you weren't fully vaccinated by then, they were going to start rolling out, you know, counseling letters, which did go out um, before then. And then the uh, suspensions would start. They were going to look at three-day suspensions. Well, now they've come back and said, let's hold off on doing any suspensions. Let's continue to educate people. Um, I want to make very, very clear to folks that this is almost like a reprieve from the governor for somebody who's going to be executed. These things are still coming. This is not something that's going to go away. They're looking at not rolling out suspensions until after the holidays. So we want to make sure that, you know, they're, they want to make sure that everybody gets educated, that people know why they should be vaccinated and why it's a good idea to be vaccinated um, before they start doing suspensions and then eventually terminations for folks who don't do that. I can't urge strongly enough for anybody who has not been vaccinated, who thinks this is a get out of jail free card, that they don't have to worry about it, things of that nature, that that is a bad assumption. You are getting some more time to think about your life choices, your options. People who have not been uh, vaccinated are, depending upon the study, anywhere from four to five times more likely to catch COVID-19, especially with the new Omicron virus uh, variant out there, more than 10 times more likely to be hospitalized and more than 14 times more likely to pass away due to COVID-19. This isn't a hoax. There's nobody that's you know, manufacturing this with weird things or putting in the Bill Gates tracking, things of that nature. That's not happening. This is stuff that is very serious that these variants keep appearing because not enough people have been vaccinated. And that's occurring all over the world, not just in the U.S. So what I believe will be happening is that, you know, we still have the folks with reasonable accommodations out there, um, that have not heard anything yet. There's thousands of them, so that's going to take some time. But we need to be prepared that if you do not get vaccinated and your accommodation is not granted or it's something that it is granted, but it's not an accommodation that works for you because we don't know what the accommodation will be. It has to be reasonable to the government that there could be um, some serious consequences. That I read just this morning that you know, between the Navy and the Air Force, um, almost zero religious accommodations were granted out of the thousands that they had had. Um, so it's, it's you know, they're going to be looking at this uh, all over the government very closely. And I just want to make sure everyone is um, prepared for this, making the right choice for you and your family. I want everybody to be healthy. That's you know, that's what the message has come from NTU National, whether it be National President Tony Reardon, Vice President Jim Bailey, new National VP-elect Doreen Greenwald, our Director of Negotiations, Ken Moffitt, at all. Everybody is the same way as I am. We want our employees to be safe and healthy above everything else. And the best way to do that in this pandemic is to be vaccinated. And that's why I so strongly urge people to do this even you know, take advantage of this um, minor break, for lack of a better term, to uh, make sure that you do weigh your choices carefully. And uh, if if you are leaning at all 
towards getting vaccinated, please do so. I think your uh, comparison uh, was very interesting. Uh, there's a difference between a governor's reprieve and a pardon. <laughs> a reprieve yeah. is a delay, a pardon. There are no pardons out there at the moment. There are reprieve, which is a delay. So uh, I think your point is well taken that service and the government in general for all of its employees want to provide every chance for employees to educate themselves and understand what the stakes are in terms of, of vaccination. And uh, the, the suspensions haven't happened yet, but it looks like they may be coming as early as January. So um, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, you know, the, the reason I thought this was an important issue is that you and I have been talking for weeks about how these dates are out there and the government was steadfast about the dates. They're, they're moving the dates back, and I think for two reasons, one for the education, and number well, what's one reason. The other reason is they don't really want to be doing this during the holiday season if they can. So, Correct. I, think, I mean, nobody, nobody wants to suspend or terminate somebody during the holidays. You know, Merry Christmas, sorry, it's your last day. Um, no, nobody wants to do that. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. I want everybody to go when they're ready to go. I want, cause we have so, so many hardworking employees in the state of Indiana and across the country that do such a great job. And I want them to be able to work here and be able to leave on their own terms and to be able to do that. They're going to need, um, to either be vaccinated or have an accommodation that works for them. Well, one thing that's continuing, it is still in place, it's been in place for a very long time, it's the evacuation order. As you and I have talked about before, people have been working at home either all the time or mostly all the time. The reason they're not coming into the office is because this evacuation order is in place for IRS. You were speculating that since Social Security Administration had already announced it was coming back to the office. Their evacuation order would be rescinded as of January 3rd of 2022. You were speculating, well, will the IRS do that? Well, we don't know. We, we might speculate. There's 30 days notice required uh, before that evacuation order is rescinded. But now uh, with the uh, Omicron variant having been discovered and spreading throughout the world, a new variant, and we're still studying, the scientists are still studying what that's going to do to the entire pandemic, and the fact that uh, we, we still have some people who are not vaccinated. It's a large percentage that are vaccinated, but we still have, uh, so even though it's a smaller percentage, substantial numbers in the thousands of people in the federal workforce who have not been vaccinated yet. Um, what will happen with that va uh, evacuation order? Uh, I think you are starting to hear some rumblings that are quite different than what we heard before. So tell us what you are hearing. Yeah. Um, before I was hearing that there, there was a lot of leaning towards that January 3rd date to reopen offices. Cause as you said, everybody is working. They're just working, uh, mostly from home where they can. Um, I've now been hearing that they have, especially with the, you know, the developments over the last week with Omicron, Omicron, however, however we pronounce it, it's, um, there's no N in Omicron. It's Omicron. No N. Omicron. And the, I, yeah. The president and Dr. Fauci have both mispronounced it. And, uh, many journalists have pointed this out. I think yeah, they've now changed like, their tune. And, and I've done the same thing. I've, I've put that darn in in there. Um, 
but with this new variant out there, and you know, I will take to task IRS leadership uh, quite often and have, but I truly believe that the uh, the very top echelons from the commissioner on down um, are concerned about employee safety, and they do want to. Uh, they are concerned about that. I can tell you that um, the national office folks I mentioned, you know, led by National President Tony Reardon, uh, health and safety are the utmost in their minds. I myself am extremely concerned about reopening offices, especially when we have vaccinated and unvaccinated people mixing, because um, I just do not have faith that management will be able, local management and wherever they are, will be able to maintain masking policies and social distancing policies. Um, That is a huge concern to me. And I know it is to our national uh, NTU and uh, privately, I think it's also a concern to national IRS. So I do believe that they are not going to be reopening in January. Now, when that reopening of the offices is going to be, I'm not sure, but I don't believe it's going to be January, which I think is actually very smart on everybody's part not to do something like that at this time. So uh, the uh, evacuation order continues in place. There's been no notification of the 30 days before that happens. And uh, what you're hearing is you don't expect that to happen soon. Uh, Correct. And so, um, things will probably continue on as uh, they have for, gosh, how long has it been, Doc? Has it been almost two years? It's a year and a half. March, March of 2020 is when it's when we kick this fun ball off. So it's well over a year and a half that uh, this has been in place. I want to end this podcast, the last issue I want to talk about. Uh, Tony Reardon, our national president, is called upon to testify before Congress on many occasions, and he uh, – did testify before a House subcommittee the other day. And his the subject matter was, what will the federal workforce look like? What type of uh, federal workforce are we going to be seeing post-pandemic? You know, uh, we're eventually going to get over this. We just still don't know when. Uh, but as we emerge out of a pandemic, what will the federal workforce look like and what should uh, the federal government look toward with its workforce? And he made four very important points, and I'll ask you to kind of uh, elaborate on. The first thing he talked about is the fact that uh, the federal government as an employer needs to uh, work hard on all sorts of flexible work arrangements. That would include flexi place. That would include flexi time, moving the time around all the different other ish, you know, uh, uh, possibilities out there uh, where employees can move their schedules around so they can fit their, their family life, for example. Fair pay is important. Uh, we've had a pay act in there for a long time. It's never been followed as the statute intended it to be followed. Should we look at that? Uh, we uh, A robust benefit package, anybody will tell you that that's a big selling point in technology companies, really any company that's emerging and trying to attract young people. They want a good benefits program. The federal government does okay, but we have areas where the government could improve that. And finally, uh, one other part of that is is where management is willing to collaborate with employees on how the workplace should look and how 
uh, their employees should be treated. And I do believe that NTEU has been very active in trying to get that done. Uh, sometimes management has been uh, uh, very cooperative. Sometimes they have not on this issue. So those are four very important ingredients to the future federal workforce. I'd sort of like to get your take on that, Duncan. Yeah, it's it, the as as Tony so aptly uh, was talking about. The better that we can make the federal workforce be more appealing to. Uh, any generation out there, I'm not going to go through and name all the different generations out there, but to all of them, um, the better off that we will be as a whole. We need to attract uh, younger and more diverse uh, workforce. That's absolutely true. Um, Many of us are seasoned. Um, Present company absolutely included in that. Um, And, you know, it's it's things yeah i go back to and this is many many years ago a former chief steward of ours uh brian costing uh brian uh went into a meeting with a uh manager and a second level manager and because there was a credit hours issue you know and so he actually brought in and had flashcards and took out two flat you know took out flashcards and it's like four plus four equals eight six plus two equals eight as long as you're getting that eight hours of work, does it matter when it has to be for that? The, the second level manager called me who was very incensed about being treated like a child. And I had to put the phone on mute because I was laughing hysterically. Uh, but I mean, it's absolutely true. You need to have those types of flexibilities. And this happened well over 15 years ago, but it's still true today. You need to have those types of flexibilities. We worked very hard in the agreement um, for things like Maxiflex. So we can have those hours rearranged whenever possible. We expanded telework, uh, to more employees. So we could make that more attractive. You know, the pay thing has gotten very interesting. One of our, um, key ways that the service brings people in is in call sites in campuses as well, but in call sites. And right now where call sites are starting at Um, here in Indianapolis, for example, for around $17 an hour. Well, now it's gotten to the point where we're competing with fast food places that are paying that almost as as a starting salary. Um, So, you know, in looking at the pay things that, you know, if we don't get something done on the Fair Pay Act to raise this, we're not going to be attracting people you know, if you can go to work and do fast food for the same price you could do come in and, you know, answer all these, you know, hundreds of calls a day from folks who need help and are very uh, oftentimes upset and irate because they've waited so long to A, get through and B, because we don't have enough people to be able to work their issues. It's going very slowly. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be very tough. So, those are all very, very um, tough issues that need to be looked at, as well as working together. You cannot have um, an engaged workforce, as our uh, former guest on the show, uh, Andy Reitmeyer, who's in charge of engagement with the IRS. I think he would absolutely agree that if you're not getting the employees' input, if you're not listening to what they're saying, if the leaders at the very top aren't hearing this and adjusting accordingly, your workforce is going to get disillusioned. 
They're not going to want to stay. They're not going to be invested and they're going to want to leave. So these are all, you know, Tony, as usual, and I hate to say nice things about him because I know he listens to this podcast, uh, you know, is absolutely on point as usual. And these are all very important issues that uh, Congress should be looking at, trying to help other, you know, all the federal government agencies that NTU represents, as well as ones we don't, in trying to make the federal workforce uh, a more attractive employer to everyone. Well, Duncan, our time is uh, just about up. Uh, final comment from you. I just, again, um, you know, you see what's going on in the world and you just, I just want everybody to be safe, healthy. I don't want to see anybody get, go back into a hospital or God forbid, you know, one of our members pass uh, because of, you know, the Delta variant, Omicron, whatever variant it is. Um, so please, 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 you know, get vaccinated for yourself, for your friends, for your family, for your fellow employees. And let's let's try and start knocking this thing down so we can get back to some sense of normalcy. You heard Duncan Giles. He's our chapter president uh, for Chapter 49, representing IRS employees in the state of Indiana. So we thank you for watching and listening to our Chapter 49 podcast. As Duncan mentioned earlier, we do have a Facebook page. We try to update as regularly as we can. You can find it on Facebook. Just search under NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana. Like or follow us, and you should be getting our updates on your news feed. Although I don't pretend to understand the Facebook algorithms. We'll leave that alone. But uh, thank you once again for watching and listening. Uh, we will be back next week if all goes well. So we once again at Chapter 49 want you all to be safe and please be kind. <music>